Kia ora. Welcome to the Arise Church podcast. For more details, you can find us at arisechurch.com. We're going to hear from our Christchurch youth and young adults pastor, Andy Coyle. We really hope you enjoy today's message. Romans chapter 6, verse 10 to 16 says this. It says, when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument to serve as, uh, of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to uh, uh, give yourself completely to God for you were dead but now you have new life so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God sin is no longer your master sin is no longer your master for you no longer live under the requirements of the law instead you instead you live under the freedom of God's grace well then Since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become a slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Romans 8 verse 1 to 2 says this. Romans 8, 1 to 2. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. If you're taking notes this morning, in fact, I know you're taking notes this morning. You can write down the title of the message. It's simply called this, What Now? What Now? I, I wasn't born in New Zealand, so when I came up with that title, my friends were like, oh, like the TV show. I was like, well, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, there's a TV show. Apparently, there's Gunge, and I don't, I don't know. It's apparently a good time. Uh, we, got, we, got, uh, we got a little bit of mud later on, so you can look forward to that. But let's, right now, let's pray, and then let's get into the Word of God. Oh, God, we thank you. We thank you for what you want to do this morning. Oh, God, I thank you for every life, every heart here in this room online. Oh, God, I thank you that you want to move. Man, we make way for you to move in our lives this morning. Lord God, I pray that you would uh, speak through me so clearly into each and every individual heart in this room this morning. Into every individual heart online. Because we need to know these are your words and not my own. For your words bring life change. And Lord God, we want to leave this room different to the way we came in. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen, amen. This morning, I want to talk about sin. Hey, Andy, we'd love you to preach to our online family for the first time here in Wellington. Hey, can you preach that message you do about sin? Yeah, sure. I'm sure they'll love me after this one. You know, it's a funny, it's a topic that, honestly, if you're within the church, if you've been to church a bunch, it's almost like you're like, do we ever really talk about this except from at the end of the message? But if you're outside the walls of church, you're probably just waiting for every message to be about sin. 
That's the expectation. But, but the reality is, I mean, if we're to be honest, Christians, we don't really talk about it that much. We don't really talk about what it means, the impact on our life, how to live and, and deal with our sin each and every day. And, and it's so important that we do. And this, this is why this message exists. And, and before we get into a, a, that part of it, we actually have to lay the foundation. And the foundation that we stand on, the foundation this message stands on is the power of the cross. The power of the cross sets us free. The power of the cross is Jesus coming to earth, dying for our sins, paying the punishment that we deserve despite our willingness to accept it or not. Despite whether we were going to say yes to him or not, he was willing to pay the price. And because of that, we now get to live free from condemnation and sin. And we get to live in freedom. You can praise God for that this morning. And you can thank God for that this morning. My, I want to stir you. I want to stir us at 9 a.m. I want to stir every Christian in the room. Do not let yourself become familiar with your sin. Do not allow yourself to come, become familiar with the cross. With the power of the cross. Let it... Let it stir you each and every day. That may be the foundation, but can we be a little bit honest in church this morning? It's not, it's not the reality of our everyday sometimes. Because here's the reality. I want you to know this morning, you will sin. <laughs> How encouraging. <laughs> it's, it's funny, but it's true. You will. We will. I... I'm thankful that I could say that this morning because it means I'm not the only one. Maybe you're encouraged by it this morning. You're not the only one. You're not the only one who makes a mistake. You're not the only one that falls into temptation. You're not the only one who falls into sin. You're not the only one. And I'm thankful because the Bible says that we are being made righteous. That means righteousness isn't a destination we meet the day after we meet Jesus. It's a journey we get to walk on as we become closer and closer to Him. The reality is we will choose to sin. So the question is, when we do, when we sin as a Christian, what now? <laughs> what do I do when I can't seem to break free from my addiction, when I can't seem to break free from that habit, when I can't seem to get the sin off my life? What, what do I do when I fall, when I... What do I do when I sin? I don't know about you, but I've asked myself that question as a Christian almost every single day of my Christian journey. We go day to day and we're, we're attempting to become like Christ as our last series talked about. And yet, we find ourselves in moments where we sin. We do. So what now? What do we do when we sin? Because here's the thing you need to know. You need to know that you will choose to sin, either consciously or subconsciously, but you get to choose your response. It's not inevitable your response. You get to pick. And, and, and I, I want you to grasp hold, I want us to grasp hold of what I believe are the three common responses to sin. Because if we can understand these, we can start to live by our third one this morning. Number one, ignorance. That's the, that's the first response. Ignorance that leads to entrapment, addiction, and distance. Condemnation that leads to shame, guilt, insecurity, and distance. And conviction through confession 
which leads to freedom, growth, and intimacy. I want you to know this morning that if you've fallen into one of those first two categories, number one, you're not alone. And number two, we're going to learn about the life-giving spirit that frees us from sin this morning. You're going to walk out of this place this morning with a practical understanding of what now? You're not going to leave this morning ill-equipped. You're not going to leave this morning ill-equipped with what to do when you get to Wednesday and you make a mistake. This is going to get real good. Number one, ignorance. It leads to entrapment, addiction, and distance. 1 John verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 9 to 10 says this, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. But if we claim, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. You see, often our ignorance is either driven by a lack of desire to address our sin or a lack of understanding for the significance of our sin. I want to challenge some Christians in the room this morning. I reckon this is the one we struggle with the most. It's, it's almost like sometimes we get caught in this, in this feeling of, well, if God forgives me of my sins, and if God is always going to forgive me of my sins, then does it really matter what I do? Like, if I can continuously come back to the cross and He's going to forgive me, isn't that just my get out of jail free card of sin? I don't know about you, but I found myself, can we be honest this morning? I found myself in church and I get to the weekend and I get tempted and I have literally allowed this thought to let me fall into sin. Well, if I know, okay, I'm feeling tempted to do this thing that I know I shouldn't do that's going to cause sin. God, I don't, want to, I don't want to do this, but I really want to do this. You're going to forgive me. I'll just do it and then I'll go back to the cross. <laughs> it's funny how often we actually do fall into it. It's, it's kind of it's almost like we, we come to the foot of the cross and we stand before Jesus. And rather than falling on our knees and surrender to what he has done for us, it's almost like we're like, oh, hey, thanks for that. I'll be back in a sec. And we head off and we do the thing we know we shouldn't have done and we allow sin to continue to control the way we live our lives because we think, oh, well, I can just run back to the cross. But we don't have fear and awe and reverence of the cross. We're using it. It's just like a Christian get out of jail free card. That's not the purpose for the cross. Our scripture says, do we go on sinning? Of course not. And here's the reason. Because if you allow yourself to live like this, you will become ignorant to your sin. And that will lead you to being trapped by your sin. I think sometimes we think that condemnation causes us to get addicted. It doesn't. Ignorance does. Condemnation drives you to ignorance. But ignorance is the moment where you're like, oh, I don't really want to deal with that. I don't want to. I don't want to face up to that issue. I don't, I don't want to do that. So I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just going to allow this to now define my identity. I'm now going to allow a sin that should have been broken off my life 30 years ago to define who I am. See, if you don't allow 
ignorance to break off your life if you don't live with conviction through conviction you'll find yourself 30 years into your Christianity still struggling with something and allowing it to define your identity that God wanted to break off your life 25 years ago ignorance cannot be our response not because it shouldn't be but because it will not lead us to freedom it will keep us trapped John Piper Describe sin like this. Man, this wrecked me. What is sin? It is the glory of God not honored, the holiness of God not revered, the greatness of God not admired, the power of God not praised, the truth of God not sought, the wisdom of God not esteemed, the beauty of God not treasured, the goodness of God not savored. The faithfulness of God not trusted. The commandments of God not obeyed. The justice of God not respected. The wrath of God not feared. The grace of God not cherished. The presence of God not prized. The person of God not loved. That is sin. If he would let me, he's probably not watching. If he would let me add one this morning. Sin is to take advantage of the cross. to take advantage of the price he paid to set us free Amen. and allowing it to not set us free but actually not receiving the fullness of its power and allowing ourselves to stay trapped i want to honor the cross i want to cherish it so number one an ignorant response leads to addiction entrapment and distance number two Condemnation, which leads to shame, guilt, insecurity, and distance. Right. <laughs> I was like, in this moment, I was like, oh man, that's quiet. <laughs> of course it is. I just talked about ignorance, and now I'm going to talk about condemnation. So what can you expect? God's about to set you free. Psalm 32, verse 3 to 5 says this. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day. A long day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in <laughs> the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. And all my guilt is gone. Oh, to feel how David felt in this moment and all my guilt is gone to live a life following Christ where our sin does not lead us to a place of guilt and shame but it actually allows us to live in freedom it takes us to the cross and it allows God to set us free I've been so excited to preach this point this morning because there is way too many people who are walking in condemnation for their sin and they are allowing that sin to make them feel horrible and actually make them feel and allow their feelings to determine them and they are running away from a God that is arms wide open. Condemnation causes us to draw away and yet he makes it abundantly clear. There is no condemnation he died and rose again to break the power so that we could live free from our condemnation you see our, our response driven by condemnation is always the enemy trying to get in and make you believe things that are simply not true 
Condemnation tells you you are addicted and will never break free. Jesus says my power is enough to break any chain. Condemnation says this is how you will always be. Jesus said you are being made righteous. Condemnation says your mistake is actually who you are. Where Jesus says let me show you who I made you to be. Condemnation causes us to run and hide. When he's arms wide open waiting to receive you in. Too many of us allow one sin, one mistake, one failure in our day to draw us away from Jesus for days, weeks, years. He's there. Son, daughter, come home. Your sin hasn't drawn. He's ready. He's paid the price. Do not let condemnation to drive you away. Condemnation and guilt, man, this has confused my Christian journey potentially more than anything else. But because the Bible says there's no condemnation, but here I find myself consistently feeling condemned. I'm not ignorant to my sin. I understand how bad it is, how, how wrong it is, how I want to be following the, the holiness of God. So I and when you're in that, it's sometimes easy to fall into condemnation. And, and I've done that so many times. And so I consistently found myself asking God, why? Why am I feeling like you told me that's not going to happen? And then God showed me this picture. And I want to show it for you this morning. Uh, Panasso, if you could join me. I got a mirror. I got an illustration to show you this morning of what the journey of condemnation looks like in our lives. And why it is so important that we live with conviction through confession. Can we give it up for these guys if they join? Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Amazing. Amazing. I know you put them there. I'm just going to move them to the side. <laughs> so good. So good. So here we have Panatswa. And Panatswa is wearing a white coat. This is to represent who we are when we are created by God. We are made in his perfect holy image so therefore we are righteous and pure and right before him this is what we look like this is this is how God made you but here's what happens you can move a little bit closer here's what happens when we begin to sin it's almost like the sin in our lives mars us and it's almost like our sin begins to ruin the image that God created us in and now what was perfect and white and and right in his sight is is now marred by our sin but now because this is what we look like it's it's our image that starts to be defined by our sin and so now not only is that what we look like because of our sin now we look like that to ourselves and our own image is marred by our sin and so now your mistake your failure you're falling into lust you're falling into gossip your your mistake now not only has done this to you but it, it's what you see when you look in the mirror but here's the power of the cross the power of the cross lets us know that when we are saved when we ask God for uh, and confess our sins to him the Bible says that he takes our transgressions and he throws it away as far as the east is from the west and now we are made right in his sight again I need some people to know this morning this is what you look like you are free 
You are holy. You are right in his sight. He has taken your sin and he has paid the price. This is what you look like. But I still feel condemned. You still feel condemned because even though this is what you look like, this is still what you see in the mirror. You still see yourself through the lens of your sin because though he has cleaned you and made you righteous, you have not confessed your sin. This is the key. I think this is the thing that no one told me. That I got told to confess my sins to God, but then I started reading the Bible and started realizing I, I need to confess my sin to God. It's not an all-in prayer for every sin. That's, that's what we do when we give our lives to Jesus. But the everyday walk with God is making sure that the sin in our lives doesn't have power over us. And so we've actually got to confess the sin. Because if you don't confess the sin, you still see yourself as addicted. You still see yourself as trapped. You still see yourself as, as impure, even though He has made you pure. Here's what happens when you begin to confess your sin. It's almost like any individual confession of sin, it's, it's like you take a swipe at the mirror and you now allow God to clear off your image of yourself. And so you made a mistake and you gossiped. And so that put, that put the strike on the mirror, but you realize, oh no, he's made me to be a person that speaks kindly about those around me. I would think positively of those around me. I will not speak. So, so that is now who I am. And I have confessed my sin for that. So now it no longer defines me. I fell into impurity. And now I am struggling with that. But now I say, God, although I may have made that mistake, you have made me pure and righteous. And so now I am no longer defined by that. Here's what I need you to know this morning. The cross cleans you. Confession cleans your mirror. The cross makes you perfect right before Him. But your individual confession, that'll clean your image of yourself. That is how we break condemnation off our lives. When we actually live through confession. Thank you so much, Panasma. Can we give a hand for Panasma? Yeah. Brad's the building manager, and I'm going to hide from him after the service. <laughs> I want to challenge a Christian in the room. I reckon you've heard that about a hundred times. But do you believe it? I thought about this as I was praying last night. It's funny how often we can come into church and hear that he saves us from our sins, he cleans us, he makes us righteous. But, but do we actually believe it? Have we become ignorant? Have we allowed con condemnation to seep in? You do not have to live in it anymore. You can live with conviction through confession. And that's point three. And this is where the freedom comes. See, the reality is that sin before Jesus is what keeps us often from him. It draws us away from experiencing the freedom of God. It keeps us in addiction, insecurity, pain, and regret. And from being who he's called us to be, the power of the cross sets us free. But the power of the cross also allows our sin to not define us, but grow us. Because every single time we come and, and we confess our sins to him, he cleans us of the thing we have started to believe about ourselves. That's how we are being set free and no longer living according to the sin that has come into our lives. That's how you live in freedom.
We have to confess because after every confession comes a declaration and after de every declaration comes from a conviction and he's called you to live from conviction a conviction that knows I am who he says I am let him have it let him have the thing in your life the Put it like this, it's almost like we need to give him the key to the door to the room in our house that we have tried to keep him away from because we're scared if he gets in here, he'll see all the mud on the walls. And I don't want to deal with that right now. It's going gonna, it's gonna to set you free. It's going to set you free. You do not have to. You do not have to live in that shame anymore. You don't have to live in the pain anymore. You don't have to live in the addiction anymore, the feelings anymore. You can, you can be free. He wants to set you free this morning. I, I recently, uh, I had been prepping for this message and I found myself in a position where I was out with some friends and we were, um, we were hanging out. And to be honest, we were talking about other people. <laughs> we, were, we were gossiping. And I remember feeling in the moment, I shouldn't be doing this, but falling into, honestly, I'm going to church tomorrow. It was a Saturday night. Can we be honest? And I found myself in that position and I was like, man, I should, and I, and I felt, and I, I knew this wasn't right. And then I heard my friend who had stayed out of the conversation. I just thought he was tired. And he said, not to the room, but he said it loud enough for me to hear, why are we talking about people that are not here? And I heard that and immediately was like, oh my word, this is not who I am. When I got in my car at the end of the night, I confessed my sins. I said, God, I've done tonight something I shouldn't have done. I want you to know that that is not going to control me. I, I want you to know that I know you've set me free from it. And so, Lord God, I accept your freedom. And I'm going to live free from it. Crazy thing is I turned up in church the next day and I didn't stand in a moment of worship worried about that anymore. It wasn't playing around in my mind. Because I confessed and he set me free. We have to live with conviction through confession. The Bible says about David after he, he, did, he, he fell into one of the, the most, man, his sin is honestly sometimes hard to read about. And yet the Bible says that, that David, that, that he said, that God said, sent Nathan to David. To convict him for his sin. I just want to ask someone this morning, because this is what's been stirring in my heart. What if the conviction came from someone else? Because two of the main reasons we don't live with conviction through confession is because we either are unwilling to address it because we don't want to fight the battle, or it comes through someone else because it often does. And when it comes through someone else, we spend too much time focusing on the sin that we've seen in their lives instead of allowing it to convict the sin in our own. Yeah. But the Bible says that David repented. He confessed. 
In fact, he wrote Psalm 32. He's the one who said, all my guilt is gone. All my shame is gone. He lived in freedom. And catch this, because he confessed his sin, he continued to be king. He continued in the call of God for his life because he confessed his sins to God. Your sin does not have to pull you away from the call of God. Conviction through confession will keep us following God and following all he has for us. He wants to set you free this morning. Across this room, why don't you stand on your feet? The team can join me if you're online. I want to encourage you. Stay connected in this moment. He wants to move in your life. I've asked the team to sing a song that was written in, I believe, 1876. I don't want to tell a lie. It was either 1876 or 1976. I felt convicted. I don't know. You'll have to look it up. It's called Nothing But The Blood. Because the reality is this morning, there's nothing but the blood. It's the blood of Jesus that sets us free. He wants to set you free this morning. I want to encourage you, every one of you, Take this next moment. We're going to have a few minutes of worship. We're going to sing this refrain few, through a few times. I want to encourage you, close your eyes, bow your heads, and pray this prayer. Search me, O Lord. Make me clean. Show Him. Allow Him to show you the thing that has controlled you for too long, the part of your identity that you've accepted that is not from God. Allow Him to set you free this morning. It says in Hebrews 4.16, so let us come boldly to the throne of the gracious God. There we will receive His mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. As we get ready to sing, I want to read you John Piper's quote, but put through the lens of worship. The Bible says that after David confessed, he worshiped. Because worship puts him back in his rightful place. Worship is the glory of God honored, the holiness of God revered, the greatness of God admired, the power of God praised, the truth of God sought, the wisdom of God esteemed, the beauty of God treasured, the goodness of God savored, the faithfulness of God trusted, the commandments of God obeyed, the justice of God respected, the wrath of God feared, the grace of God cherished, the presence of God prized, the person of God loved. And worship is the cross honored. So we're going to worship. Why don't you close your eyes? Why don't you lift your hands across this room? Every person, online, wherever you are, Close your eyes. Lean in. And we're going to sing. Nothing but the blood. And Lord God, as we do, I pray, would you move in every heart and every life. I declare it a freedom morning. This morning, addiction comes loose. This morning, chains break free. This morning, healing comes. This morning, identity is restored. This morning, we walk out different. Because of your blood. Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for joining us for the Arise Church podcast. We hope this message has blessed you. 
For more content or resources, visit arisechurch.com. Matiwa, see you soon.